Good morning. Man, I'm so glad that you made the decision to come to church today because, it, I'll, let me tell you guys, I really didn't know what I was getting into bringing in two police chiefs into service. Um, I didn't know if, you know, people would stay home because they were scared that they might be recognized. Um, I didn't know what all was going to happen, but man, let me tell you, first service was great, and uh, I expect to have a great service, uh, uh, this, this service as well. Um, and we've been in this series uh, talking about, you know, making things simple. We've been basically talking about clarifying what's really important so we can focus on those things, clarifying what God says is important and aligning our lives with that. So would you please just give a great word of grace welcome to Chief Steve Riffle and Chief Dave Funkhauser. Appreciate you guys joining me for this uh, series and for wrapping this series up. We're going to be starting a new series next week um, uh, called Time. But this week we wanted to wrap this up, and I thought this would be a great way to do it. So we, we met previously um, this past week, and we talked through some th- different things that I thought we could clarify uh, from their perspective and share a little bit of their heart with us and help us to understand what's important in our community and how we as a church can respond. And, you know, I just really appreciate you guys coming out and doing this. It's uh, just great, and we're very honored to have you both with us. There's been a lot that's been happening uh, in our area right now that you may or may not be aware of, but I believe that for us as a church, what we need to do is we need to clarify the basic fundamentals of what is important so we can have a profound impact. Because I believe that God not only desires for us to have an impact on the lives of people who come through our doors, but I believe that He also called us to impact people all in this area, all in the world, people who may never come through our doors. Amen, somebody? I mean, that's what he's called us to do. That's what this whole love God, love people, and serve the world thing uh, is all about. Because out of our love for God and for people, we're also called to serve our communities just as these men serve, just as they give their lives, just as we are supposed to give and to serve. And so we're called as a church to show that love of God by getting involved. We're called to love God, love people, and serve the world. But it starts with a love for God. That's where it starts. It starts with a genuine, real, authentic relationship, a real, genuine love for God. Because how many of you know you can't genuinely love people with that authentic love of God because it's who He is unless we understand His love for us? Once we understand the the, the vastness of His love and the depths of His love and His mercy and His forgiveness that He has showed toward us, then we can have that same compassion towards others because we understand what He has done for us. So out of that love for God, we show people that love. We show them that compassion. That's why we're motivated to serve and to give and to show the love and truth of God. Because how many of you guys know we've talked about this, that people are looking for something real. They're tired of hearing about all the right things. They're tired of bumper sticker Christianity that says one thing, but yet doesn't have any substance to it, that doesn't have any action behind it. Because here's the deal, folks. When people are looking for hope, they want to connect to something real. I don't want to hear about how good God is. I don't want to hear about all the things He can do for me. I want to see it. I want to encounter it. I want to experience it. And through you and my life, through our church, through the way that we do things, through the way we interact with one another, we can show other people the love of God. And they can actually have that tangible experience of the love of God because you and I walk in that kind of love and care and compassion for others. But we've talked about this, about how people not having hope, they become very desperate and they become very angry. And I know that this has been a tough year 
for our police departments. We talked a little bit about some of the things that you guys have experienced, and we we all have read the newspapers and we've seen the news, and we know some of the things that have happened. But would you guys talk to us a little bit about what you've been seeing in our area because of people losing hope? Like, what are some things you guys have seen because of those? Uh, that. Okay. Well, I, I think that. Um, our whole area has experienced a bunch of challenges in that regard, and, and as, we, as we've been discussing, um, we, we've had challenges at Sheboygan Falls and, and Keele and Sheboygan County and the city of Sheboygan is no different than, than any other community in the state, and we're, we're made up of good people, and I think we have a great community atmosphere, but we've had some challenges, and, and we've had some high-profile challenges, and I think um, some of the influences, obviously, you know, we, we had a, an unfortunate... Uh, case where uh, an elderly female lost her life. We've just had recently had a shooting. We've had a, a huge uptick in the drug use, especially heroin, and that's had a huge influence on, on I know, my department, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Dave's, and um, I, I think that it's important to realize, though, that, that those things don't define this community. They don't right. define Sheboygan Falls. Sheboygan Falls is a great place to be in, a great place to, to work and live, and, and uh, and I think people, as we've spoken earlier too, is bombarded by the media with all the negative implications and things that are going on. And, and uh, I was talking to some uh, of your members uh, earlier, and, and I said one of the things that I do because of, of other uh, responsibilities I have within the state, I read seven, about seven newspapers a day. And after a while, I get kind of crazy because I'm like, yeah. is there any good thing to this? But I think those are the challenges, and, but those are real challenges. Sure. So. Even though we are getting bombarded with bad things, there still is hope out there, but we have, we have some challenges, and that's, that's what we're looking at. Absolutely. I, I agree with, with Steve's comments. And, and what we come from a different perspective. Anyone in law enforcement or former law enforcement, I know there's former people here, too, uh, that work in law enforcement, we see things in a different light. We're suspicious by nature. Right, right. I want to push home, you know. Um, but we we look at our communities different too. We see the dark sides of our community. And people say Keel. I hear that about Elkhart Lake, Harvard's Grove. Nothing happens. There's flowers and bunnies and rainbows everywhere. <laughs> and oh yeah, well keep leaving your laptop on the front seat of your car with the doors open and see how long the bunnies take to steal your laptop. <laughs> um, but as we've spoken is if you take any number of people and put them in an environment, there will be conflict eventually. And I was joking with uh, the security staff I was working with last week here at church. And I said, lock the people in this, in this room for a couple hours a day. There'll be conflict. And then one of them said, yeah, we could throw a pizza in every now and then and really spice it up. And I'm like, yeah, just one pizza for like 100 people. Um, but you have to open your eyes. We live and work in great communities, and everything has its balance. But bad things happen. We see the bad things all the time. So even in our jobs, we have to maintain a balance so that we don't get jaded towards our own people in our communities. And that's where you folks come in. You help us by keeping us balanced. Um, I've run into people, and Steve and I have talked about this too, that they're, they're scared to death to go outside because the community they live in, and it doesn't matter where they live, is bad and evil or nothing ever happens bad or evil and I'll run and do whatever I want. We want you somewhere in the middle. We don't want you paranoid and crazy. We want you concerned and alert and aware, but still having a good life. And that's where we're looking at. But when you lose hope, as you mentioned, you're gone. 
And, and what, what happened to get you to lose hope? Our job just isn't about enforcing the law, is, is we try to be proactive whenever possible in law enforcement. And if we can try to identify these things, but as we've spoken before, most often once we get involved, hope is already lost, and it's reached the point of dire circumstances. Things are really bad. So that's where a community, churches, and, and people within the community can help to try and cut those off before that call is made to us. Because like we said earlier, we don't have a magic pill. People think we do, that we can just show up on scene and throw fairy dust on and everything will be fine again and we'll leave now. Call us again if you need more. Um, <laughs> that's not how it works. You know, in Second Corinthians 5 and 20, Paul was writing to the Corinthian church. He told them that we are ambassadors for Christ. He said, this is how serious I want you to take this, ambassador for Christ. Is, he said, it's like as if God were pleading through you. It's like if he was saying, you know, be reconciled, be uh, be right with God. Come back to God. Get your relationship right with God. Be reconciled. He's reaching out. He's pleading through us. That's what you and I are supposed to be as representatives, as ambassadors of Jesus Christ in the earth. Because the church is not just somewhere you go. It's who we are, right? You're just as much the church here right now on Sunday morning as you were Black Friday. You're just as much the church here as you were when you were stuck in traffic in Milwaukee the other day. You're just as much the church here as you are when you're at the Packer game, right? We're, we're, and, and you see, when we understand that, when, when, when we have that paradigm, when we have that understanding of who we are, and it's not just somewhere we go, then it changes our outlook. It changes how we respond to situations and how we respond to other people when we understand that we truly are representatives of Jesus Christ. It's just not somewhere where we go in and we clock in and clock out. And, oh, I've done my Christian thing or I've done my good thing for the day. And you see, for us to really be effective, to really clarify what's important, we have to understand what God says is important, and we have to make those things uh, come out to the forefront. We have to understand that the local church offers hope to those who have lost hope and to those who have been struggling, not just on Sunday morning. Not just on Sunday morning. I, I don't want you to know someone who is in need of hope or need of love or need to, someone to, to care about and say, oh, I know that you're in a real tough spot right now and I know you need somebody to care about you and reach out you, to you and love you. If you'll come to church next Sunday morning, I bet you pastor's got a message in store for you. Why don't you love them right then? Right? Why wait till Sunday? Does Jesus only hear prayers on Sunday? Does God only meet needs on Sunday? No, of course not. Neither should we. If we see a need, whether it's on a Sunday or not, if we can love God and love people, it's going to cause us to be motivated to serve. Now, I know that families have been struggling a lot in our communities. We've talked about that. We've talked about how, you know, we've seen families struggle with their marriages. We've seen them struggle in finances. You know, what effect... And from you guys' viewpoint, has that had on our communities? And Because you say the majority of what you guys deal with uh, is a lot of domestic disputes and things like that as well. Well, it's definitely one of the, the worst calls, that, in my professional opinion, of law enforcement. I, families fighting or 
you know, when there's that family environment, it's worse than your buddies arguing over a, a score of a game or whether or not there was a foul. When you add love and family relations to it, it turns it up a notch. And so we look at the holidays in a completely different light than most people do. We're like, oh, Christmas, great. Going to get all the angry family relatives together and throw in some booze and it'll be fine, you know. And all of a sudden something from 1972 that Uncle Joey did is putting bothering your dad and, and they're wrestling in the snow. Um, family, though, because of that emotional and that passion that's added in there, when you add in a tough economy, a threat of job loss, just a threat of job loss, as, as a parent, as a father, if, if my job was threatened, even threatened, even a comment made, man, that would affect me big time. And then you add in pollution. Like, would I take that threat and maybe start pounding on a few beers, taking a few shots of alcohol? Well, that's going to pollute me a little more. Will that affect me? Absolutely. And then drugs and then the media influence and my friends and family. And, and you get that all going and it can be a big swirling mess. And that's where we end up getting called in. And I always tell people, be a community, help each other. Because when, when we get the call of a family fight and we show up and we're walking up and we can hear them arguing outside, the other families in that eight-family building probably have heard it a lot more. And have probably heard it and they're just like, well, somebody else will call. Oh, every family argues. Yeah, they do. Well, pick up the phone and call. You don't have to get involved but just get us there and maybe we can stop something or maybe split them up for the night or give them some t cool down time. Now there's other times where we have to do something and an arrest has to be made. But we'd rather get there just from a concerned neighbor calling and saying, hey, there's an argument there and just make sure everybody's cool. And sometimes just a referee to say, why don't you go shopping? <laughs> That'll calm you down or, or just get out of the area, get out of the environment, get some peace and some space away from each other. I always laugh when I say, well, let's go in the kitchen and talk. Yeah, let's go into the room where you have the most highly concentrated number of sharp weapons. <laughs> let's sit down at the kitchen table and talk us out. <laughs> you know, no, why don't we do it out in the front yard behind trees and talk? <laughs> so. But when you take away hope and when hope is removed from the situation, then your brain is completely emotions. And what we try to do is logic. We try to bring logic back. And when I say that, we just try to get you thinking. You know, and, and we can actually see a change in people. You can actually see them go from ah, crazy, to, uh, crazy emotions to uh, some substance, some balance. And they can still be upset about what's going on, but we try to get them out of that, that mindset of where they're just thinking blindly. They're not thinking. So if that makes sense. So. Well, and I, I agree 100%. I think... Uh, just to reiterate, you know, especially family um, disputes and, and family dynamics, I mean, those are crimes of passion, so to speak. And when you, you bring passion into it, you know, it's like, I love you, I love you, but I hate you. Right. And, and yeah. it's, it's really, you know, then I'm going to, you know, bust your head open with a frying pan type of thing. And, um, you know, and it's sad. It's, it really is. And, and, and Dave is a really good point. I mean, it, uh, we're expected to show up and fix something that has taken a long time and dynamic to get to. Yeah. And, uh, and we, have, we have some tools, but we don't have all the tools. We have enforcement tools. And, um, you know, there's been many a times where I've been called after my officers have, have been engaged in, in an investigation for a domestic or family situation. And, and there's so many complexities to that investigation, but somebody calls and said, boy, did you mess this up? You know, you should have done this or you should have done that. And, and we're like, 
we're one part of this, this tool, right. but we need the community. We need the, the organizations that we, we can talk about a little later. Um, we need uh, the churches. We need, we need the schools. We need, it's a whole education enforcement uh, thing. And, and the, fi the family dynamic is really, really uh, one of the things that, just to, to what Dave said, is that hope. And, and when, when you bring in those outside influences on an already fragile situation, we have to get to people and we have to let them know there are, there are resources out there, there are things out there, and there, there are certain churches and, and uh, community resources for them so that hope doesn't get squashed. Absolutely. You know, guys, the thing is, is that a lot of times people wait till things get so bad that they feel like there's nowhere else for me to turn but here or the fights have been going on so long and that's a lot of times where you know me as a pastor will get a phone call or we'll have to set up an appointment is after there's been so much division and so much junk going on in the relationship that when I finally meet with those people it's actually not them really want me to resolve a whole lot as much as it is one or the other hoping that I say something that that person can reinforce later did you hear what pastor said or trying to be feel like they're justified in the way that they're thinking or the way that they're feeling. Let me tell you, the, the other thing that I want you to understand is when it comes to relationships is that, you know, there is no shame in somebody reaching out for help or someone wanting to talk about something. Because a lot of people, that when they come in my office or they want to set an appointment, they walk in there with their head hung down. Uh, because they feel embarrassed or ashamed. Listen, I don't think that that's a sign of weakness asking for help. As a matter of fact, I see that as a sign of strength and wisdom and that I want to make this thing better and I want to figure out what I need to do, what the ne what's the next step. It's not an embarrassing thing because let me tell you something, church. I'm going to be real, real honest with you here this morning. I have counseled people that are very wealthy and very well-to-do individuals and I've counseled people that you may not think had a dime to their name. I've counseled people that were in uh, high positions of influence and authority, and I've counseled someone who didn't have any at all, and no one would have even known who they were. And let me tell you what, they all deal with the same stuff. It's not a socioeconomic thing. It's not a status thing. Everybody deals with the same stuff. And if you're married, you're going to go at some point through different levels and different things in your relationship. It's not, am I going to go through anything in my relationship and, oh, I must have married the wrong person. It's how I respond when that situation comes. How am I going to deal with the disagreements? How am I going to deal with those things? Because how many of you that have been married figured out, yeah, we're going to disagree every now and then, maybe just a little. Not me. My marriage perfect. It's blessed of the Lord. Give me a break. Even the person who paints on the best smile and looks like they have it all together, everybody goes through stuff. It's not it, whether or not you're going to go through stuff. The Bible never promised just because you're a Christian that you're going to be walking through a rose garden the rest of your life. Matter of fact, the Bible says very clearly that there's going to be trials and temptations. There's going to be stuff coming against you. It's not that stuff isn't going to come against you. It's what do you do when it does? How do you handle it? Where do you turn? And a lot of times in marriage and relationship, it's as simple as just talking, just communication, just talking to each other, right? <laughs> He's laughing because I told a story this morning um, about that miscommunication. And I told them that let's make each one of these services, let's just let it flow, let's let it be its own thing, you know, let's not, you know, let's just make sure they're individual services, but this is too good to pass up, so yeah. I had to set you up. Okay. 
Well, a little setup is even more to clarify is my wife is not a TV lover. She doesn't see a need for TV. She grew up on a farm, city malls, country malls, doesn't want any use. If I watch a movie, it's like, what are you doing? Why you wasting your time? Why don't you read a book? Oh, well, I like movies, you know. So when I get to watch a movie that is not involving um, um, train, little tr- cartoon trains or, you know, things like that, I take advantage of it. And one night I came home and... Um, my dad had sent me the entire Jason Bourne, uh, Bourne Supremacy, Bourne Ultimatum, you know, that spy series. He got the whole thing at Costco really cheap, so he mailed it to me. And he's like, he's worse than Blockbuster. He's like, I want it back in two days. So I had to watch it. <laughs> okay. And he lives in Hawaii, so I got to pay the shipping to ship it back. But, um, so I came home from a council meeting really late. I'm like, the kids are asleep. The wife's asleep. This is perfect. I'm going to watch all three. So I sat down. I plugged in the laptop, big bowl of popcorn. I got the headphones on. I'm sitting in the dark, and I'm watching the these movies. And my wife wakes up, as she does in the middle of the night and sometimes, and she walks through the room and she stops and goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm watching a movie. You're watching a movie? Why are you wasting your time watching a movie? I said, well, this is a really good movie. Well, what are you watching? I said, I'm watching the Bourne, the Bourne Ultimatum, the Bourne movies. And she's like, it's just flipped out. Just completely lost her mind. Started yelling at me. I'm like, you're waking the kids up. Why are you getting so mad? It's a good movie. There's, she's just ripping these movies apart going, those are stupid. I can't believe you'd watch that. And she's really angry, like really passionately angry. And I'm going, where's this coming from? And a lot of passion. And she's like, well, you're probably watching it because of the women. And I can't, I'm like, there's no women in it. It's mostly guys. And then she gets really mad. And what I didn't realize because of the communication issue is she didn't understand that I was watching the Bourne movies. She thought I said the porn movies. <laughs> and so we were having a completely different conversation. And I'm sitting here defending the fact that I'm watching this and that there's mostly guys in it. And, and the look on her face when I said Matt Damon, and she's like, what? Uh, and she's like, well, and I finally had to turn this in. And she's like, oh, oh, I thought you said something else. Because uh, I'm tired. She's like, oh, that's a good movie. Well, as soon as it's over, come to bed. And it was over like that. But man, could that have gotten crazy. Uh, and my wife afterwards goes, oh, people really thought that was funny about that. And we have those moments all the time in a relationship. Uh, funny misunderstandings. But... Um, <laughs> And, and she, she wanted me to make sure that I clarified it, because uh, I knew Pastor was going to ask me to say this, that what made it so angry about her is she never would have expected me to watch those types of things. She goes, you didn't really explain that in the first movie, <laughs> in the first session. So. But c- just communication, talking to each other. So many times we come in and I, I, and I and at a family fight, and we sit down with, and we split the par- pe- people up, and we ask them, what, what are you so upset about? And we go over and talk. Well, he's mad about that. Well, he's never said that to me before. Yeah. And then we run back in the other room. This is your law enforcement. And then we go back to the other room. Well, he's mad about this. Back and forth and back and forth. And then all of a sudden, it's, sometimes it gets resolved. Sometimes it doesn't. But sometimes it's like, no, he wasn't watching those kind of movies. He was watching these spy movies. Oh, oh I'm sorry. You know? And that, but they don't get to that point, And frying pans, like Steve said, start flying. And things get ugly really quick. But what's that other influence that's been involved? Um, yep, absolutely. I can't beat the born. <laughs> <laughs> I've been married 21 years. I just can't do it. It's, it's, uh, but I agree. It, it's, it's the communication is the, is the big thing. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's so important for us to understand what God's priorities are, what's important to God, because what we need to do is we need to focus 
our priorities. We need to align our priorities and our actions and our values with what God says is important. So what does God say is important? It's out there on the wall. It's to love Him. It's to love people. It's to serve the world. Love God, love people, serve the world. That's why we're doing what we do. That's why I wanted these gentlemen to come here and speak to us today, because I want them to help reiterate and under, help us understand what is important. And let me tell you, it all goes back every single time that if we love God, that causes us to love people because people need love right now. Man, they need love. They need somebody to genuinely care about them and to serve and to give, be willing to give of themselves and give of their time. So with that being said, what to you is important in our communities that maybe you may see lacking or you may see a need of? I, I think that uh, it goes to what people's talents are, what they're called to do, um, what their callings are to, to uh, serve in their communities, and stewards of, of their talents. And, uh, you know, and whether that be serving on a city council or being involved in a service organization or being really active involved in the church, and, and uh, not just in these walls. And this is a great church, by the way. I like it. But um, outside and, and going out um, and, and actually walking the walk and, and talking the talk. And, and I think that's a huge thing, um, supporting supporting the police, and not only the police, but the service uh, providers, you know, EMS and uh, first responders and fire, and, and, uh, and realizing that, yes, we, we have a job, and we get paid to do that job, and we all signed up for that job, but understanding that it's still a tough job, and, and we're, we're trying, I think, I can honestly say, the majority of, and especially in the law enforcement field, and they really care deeply and are passionate about what they do. Um, and it's not to say we're not human, we don't get jaded, and we don't get a little bit, um, you know, uh, have disruptions now and then because of, of everything that we're involved in. But I think that's an important part of it, is, is to be, be a good steward, be a good, um, use your talents wisely and, and, and serve uh, what you're called to do. And just like in, in your church, you know, pastors asked us in this church to take your talents and your abilities. Are you good with kids? Then it's a natural fit that you should be helping out with the children's program. Or uh, some people are like, I don't like people. I just don't want to do anything. Okay, well, you know, you can be an usher. Open the door. Say hi. Come on in. I, you know, I like doing that because I work with people all week. Don't I like knew people. you were going to do that. <laughs> yeah. To the contrary, I, I work, I'm involved head on with people all week long, so I like just opening the door, good morning, and hang him, handing him a flyer. It's kind of a nice break for me. But what's your mission field? Where, where do you want to go? Uh, and, and I've had Christ, good Christian mentors in my life, and I've served as a mentor for others. And I said, just be yourself. Be a good Christian to those around you. And you'll be like this beacon, this light in the room uh, where you work or who you hang out with. You know, you can just, you can, your light can shine a, on all those people. I worked with a guy, and, and, and whenever he walked in the room, it wasn't that he walked in with the Bible, ah, you know, and everybody stopped. But just the way he carried himself, the language improved. The topic of discussions changed dramatically. And it wasn't because he made people feel bad. He would just turn when a comment would be and say, was that really a nice thing to say about that person? And then he, that's it. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, man, he's right. And over time, it, it cleaned up the whole environment. And it was really nice. And he's a good, good, good friend of mine. 
And, and I pointed that out to him, and he didn't even realize he was doing it. But he became like this little, this little candle in the room of darkness around them. Well, now what happens if a couple more candles were lit? And then those candles went back to their homes or to their friends. And all of a sudden, there's lights popping all over the place. So take that energy that you have. Take this stuff you get from Pastor Derek on Sunday and, and light those candles when you get back to work in your house and get out there and just be an example to others and lead. Absolutely. I just can't let this go. You're an no. usher, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. All right, next thing. Where were we? <laughs> you, you got me in the first service. Yeah. So I just, I'll sorry. get you when you come through Kiel. <laughs> yeah, okay. Nice. I got to ride in this police car the other day. That was pretty awesome. I've never ridden in a police uh, car. Funny story. Front. Funny in story. That's right, in the front, uh, yeah. which it would have been more fun to ride in the back. But, you know. You gave a ride home um, after a meeting. Yeah, after I met with uh, the police chiefs, I rode uh, back to the offices with, uh, uh, with Chief Funkhauser. He was, and then it, it was perfect timing. The FedEx man pulled up just <laughs> as Dave was there to drop me off. And Dave gets out of the car. And I'm like, why is Dave getting out of the car? I thought he was just dropping me off. And he gets out of the car. And I thought, oh, no, he's going to do something. You know, and, and I just knew it was coming. But he didn't do anything. But he did let the FedEx guy know. I saw the FedEx guy. And I said, hey, I said, I can sign for that package. You don't have to walk in the building. And Dave said, he's okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, he's delivering to a church office. And <laughs> the pastor's getting dropped off by a squad car. The driver was like, <laughs> Should I leave this with him? <laughs> no, I wouldn't take it back. <laughs> so I could have messed with him. Yeah, I, I was fully bracing myself for that, but yeah. you didn't take advantage of that. Uh, so what do you guys see in our communities that's going really well? We, we've kind of talked about things that we want to see improve and things that we need to be aware of, but what, what do you guys see that's going well? I think um, the service organizations have really stepped up in recent times. It's funny you mentioned that because this morning, just this morning I was up... Um, imagine that with my newborn son. He didn't sleep all the time. I don't understand <laughs> that. Um, but I, I saw something on the, on the news about the letters to Santa this year had been really dark and really hopeless. There's a big article on it, especially in New York City right now after Hurricane Sandy. The majority of the letters to Santa that have come in are been like, please help my family. Please help my city. But then they did a follow-up story on it. I think I want to say CNN or one of those. I, it was late. And, and they're finding that's happening all over the country. That our kids, our kids are reaching out and asking Santa Claus wow. for help to bring things in. Well, let's answer those letters. Let's answer that. And you know what? The, the, I can speak in Kiel, the Lions Club, the um, Optimists, uh, Kiwanis, and I'm going to forget one, and I'm, I'm going to make somebody mad. I apologize. Um, but our churches are stepping up. We have a Shop with the Cop program in Kiel, and, and the other communities have stepped in. And when that program started, the officers, I came to Kiel about seven years ago, and the, a couple of the officers came up and said, hey, have you ever heard of the Shop with the Cop program? I said, yeah, I always thought it was Shop for a Cop, and nobody ever buys me anything, but now I get it, now I get it. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And they said, well, could we have some of our public relations budget to get it started? I said, you won't need it, but yes, if you do, come to me and I'll approve it. Well, the first fundraiser they did, they got over two grand. And then after that, that program has been self-sufficient. Every year they get more money. Every year they've added more kids. And it just has exploded in it. And that's the community caring. And, and that's awesome. That, that's fantastic. And we love to see that kind of stuff because I believe in investing in our children and in our, in our future. It's not that we forget about the other generations, and I know Steve has the same philosophy too, but that's why your police school liaison programs 
if you have one in your community, we do in Kiel, I'm going to fight like crazy if they ever try to take that away. And if I was in my community and I, and I had one and they try to take yours away, find a way to keep it and fund it because that is a direct connection where the children in your schools see law enforcement in a different light. Because most often outside of that setting, when do they come in contact with us? It's usually taking mom or dad somewhere and they look at like, and, and then one of them, don't you love this? Uh, the policemen are taking daddy away or mommy away. See what happens, see what happens. Do you think those kids grow up thinking we're good role models in the community? They love us when they're like this big and as they get older and start driving, they don't like us that much. Um, and then they come back full circle though when they have their own kids. Um, don't use us as a threat. Help us see them eye to eye. Um, but if you hear about your community taking or even, oh, we're thinking about cutting out a police liaison program or a police or law enforcement program and the sheriff's departments have deputies that come to the schools, march on your community like a, a Frankenstein movie with, with torches lit to stop that from happening because it's such an important aspect of, of community and police relations um, with those kids. It, 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 I can't speak enough. I know you've got a great program here that works real well for you too. We're really fortunate uh, that we have such a great relationship with this, the school district here. And, and I echo what Dave said. I, it's ironic because I <clears throat> just saw the, uh, I read an article uh, yesterday, I believe, about NASA getting a bunch of letters from children huh. about the Mayan calendar and, you know, the, the end of the Mayan calendar and the apocalypse and, and you know, the, the fear there. But I think he's right on the mark. And one way to combat this is, you know, law enforcement's only one picture of this puzzle. You have great uh, service organizations, like you mentioned, the schools, but you also have other organizations like Safe Harbor um, and those type of organizations. And we all have to work together, you know, uh, and we have to have that common goal, and that's, that's the goal to make sure there is hope. And, and like I said, I, I wouldn't be here if I didn't think there was any hope because what was the point? I mean, right. there are great things that are happening in this community, in Keogh and Sheboygan and Sheboygan County and, and you know, all over the state. There are great things that happen. We just never hear about it because it doesn't sell papers. But right. um, we, we have to be uh, mindful of that, and uh, I think those are the things that um, supporting law enforcement is great, supporting EMS and, and public safety, but also working together as a whole community for that common goal. Absolutely, and we really appreciate our Sheboygan Falls Police Department here because I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but um, uh, all the squad cars uh, in the Sheboygan Falls Police Department, they have access to our building. We give them key fobs and building access so they could come in here, you know, and, uh, and, and make sure everything's okay uh, if there were ever anything to happen. We, a lot of times I'll see squad cars parked out in the parking lot and I've made a, a, you know, an, an effort to go over there and talk to them occasionally when I see them sitting there and just letting them know, hey, I really appreciate you. I remember one night I came up here um, just to get something, but it was like ridiculous. It was like 12 in the morning or 1 in the morning. It was just, it was stupid, you know, early to be coming to the church to get something. Like, what do you really need that late, you know, from the church? But I had to come up here and get it, and so I had to turn on some lights, you know, to be able to see. And, and, and when those lights went on, I saw a squad car pull up and, and just slowly, you know, drive by, and I walked outside. I wanted to let him know that, you know, it was okay. I'm, I'm the pastor, and told him who I was, and, and I appreciate him doing that. But just the fact that we have, uh, you know, police department willing to do that and, and, and do those things.
things really helps us out a lot occasionally they'll come into a service even on our thursday nights a lot of times you'll see a police officer we used to have a, a desk officer officer whiskey uh, who is now full-time police officer uh, he, he used to come here uh, quite a bit uh, just to make sure everything was okay we appreciate those things so very much and, and it's so important that we understand not only the good things that we do but that we understand why we do those things because folks when we're loving god and loving people and serving the world our motives behind our actions uh, that's really what matters and we need to make sure that our motives behind those things are truly to love god love people and serve the world because it's really answering the question of why do we do what we do and who are we doing it for it's really answering those fundamental questions in the bible luke chapter 12 and verse 34 jesus said this he said where your treasure is there your heart will be also. And that just doesn't mean money. It just doesn't mean where you're putting your money. It means where are you putting your time? Where are you investing? Are you really showing with your actions, with your treasure, that that's where your heart is? Because if your heart really isn't there, it's going to be hard to do those things for very long. It's called dieting. If your heart's not in it, you know, I mean, there's, how many times have we made decisions to either diet or to try to do all of these different things that we thought we were, but if it wasn't in our heart to do it or we lose steam and it, it, we, we would eventually just fall off that wagon. That's why it's so important for us to get loving God truly in our heart. And so when it comes to loving people and serving, that it's, it's there, it's in our heart. It's our real genuine motive there. It's not just words or a bumper sticker or not just something nice to say that we're all about because the world's looking for something real, right? I mean, we're all looking for something genuine, something real. And people that are looking for hope, that are looking for true love and acceptance and looking for someone to listen, all, they're looking for someone who's real because anybody can say it, but we need to show it. So with that being said, what should our role as Christians in the community be to assist local law enforcement to help improve this area that we're all called to? I, I think the big thing is to the, the support, or even to say thanks. I mean, little things go a long way. Yeah. We've, you know, uh, some of the, and like I said before, we, we've all signed up for this job. We knew the, the ramifications of what it would entail. It would entail many thankless hours, uh, long nights, holidays away from your family, when other people are enjoying themselves. Um, there are sacrifices, and, but we understand those sacrifices, but even just, a, you know, and, and monetary things are great. I mean, uh, unfortunately, in today's world, um, financial implications are always, always an issue, with, especially for law enforcement and, and uh, public safety. And assistance in that is always, always deeply appreciated. However, a pat on the back and a, a good job or a thank you, um, I was talking to one of the, the members in between services uh, earlier, and he had said, uh, you know, he goes, I really appreciated your officers the other night during the Christmas parade. He said, I saw, you know, it was raining, it was downpouring, and he said, one of the officers on one of the busiest intersections in town, um, I could tell had the cold really bad, and he did. But we needed him to work. There was just no other way around it. He didn't have a voice, and people were going through barricades. And he said, afterwards, I walked up to him, I pat him on the back, I said, I really appreciate you being out here. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, that goes a long way. I mean, when people show their appreciation, just in a thank you and, and uh, you know, that support because it validates why you're there. You, you know, there are people that care about what you're doing for the community and, and doing for the common goal. I agree. Um, a simple card. People come in to the police department and they'll um, maybe one out of every 100 come in to say something nice. Um, if you, you could write a $10 parking ticket and they want to kill your whole family. 
<laughs> Seriously, and it's usually there's a sign right in front of you. It says no parking, and they, and then you ticket them, and they want to take out your whole family line. Um, but every now and then, somebody will come in and want to pass on something nice, and I always tell them, just write a card, or could you send an email? And they're like, really? I said, oh my gosh, that's that's more than you can imagine, because just by the nature of our jobs, we're the party poopers. We're the ones that come to the house and say, turn the music down. Um, no, you can't let the monkey cut the grass with the power mower. Well, just once, you know. Um, no, you can't do that, or you know, you can't drive this way, or anything else. And so, just by that, by the clear, basic function of our jobs, people sometimes look at us in a negative light. So, anytime we have something positive said, is is fantastic. But it's not just law enforcement. We talked about this too. Um, here's something unique. Don't complain about the snow plowing that was done actually thank the city crew when you have a big storm and they get the roads cleared enough so you can drive. Nobody guarantees that the roads are going to be completely dry and completely clean. If you do, you're living in a fantasy world. But if you're able to safely make it from point A to point B without hitting something, and if you know that the ground is a little snowy and you should slow down or maybe drive, I, I don't mean to be sarcastic in that way, but I'm amazed that people get upset at the plowing that's done. Well, why don't they plow? Have you ever seen a plow go through and then the snow goes behind them and goes right back on the road, and then they've got to turn around and come back again? I mean, you could do that all day long. And, and their budgets are getting cut, and those guys are getting up at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, so that the buses can make it to school the next day. Try something different. I went up and I said, uh, thanks. I brought my wife to bake some cookies for those guys, and I brought it down there. And they were blown away. I'm like, really? You're not going to yell at us? Because I got yelled at by, like, everybody this morning. I'm like, no. I'm the light. Here you go. Here's a cookie. If you're going to bring cookies to your law enforcement, too, make sure we know you. <laughs> Don't anonymously give treats to law enforcement because we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody did that in Kiel the first. Uh, I'd been there a while. I moved there first before I came up first with my my family came up later, and they our doorbell, uh, no, the doorbell didn't ring, but I came out the front door, and there's a big box, welcome to Kiel, chief, and there's all these cookies. I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I had already made some people mad in that town, and I'm like, mm, I don't think I'll be eating these, you know, because uh, like we said earlier, we'll, we'll run a background check on everybody in the family. We'll send the cookie to the crime lab um, <laughs> before we, well, we have a rookie test the first one. Come here, kid. He's, uh, <laughs> he's alive. You can eat it. Okay. I'm serious. Ask any cop or anybody in law enforcement, you know, do you guys just gobble the cookies on? Well, if we know who they are, but then we want to know if we've had any negative contact. So um, a simple thing. Thank you. Your firefighters, your EMS. Uh, I had an alderman once uh, call me from another community and wanted to know about the way we handled holiday pay. And he was looking to cut it out of the contract for, the, for his police community's police department. I said, whoa, slow down. I said, I understand you have budget issues, but think about this. And it was two weeks before Christmas. I said, two weeks from now on Christmas Eve, when you're in your house having a nice time with your feet up, there are firefighters, police officers, and ambulance people sitting in their car, driving around, ready to come to your house, if you choke on that turkey you're eating tonight. And he's like, oh, I never thought of that. I said, when you're at the happiest moments, at the soundest sleep, there is somebody out there in one of those professions ready to come and help you. There are military people out there. And he said, I never thought about that. And it was really neat because the chief of that community called him and said, did Alderman so-and-so call you? He said, yeah. He said, well, thanks for putting him straight because he said he never thought about that. And so often, those can be some of the loneliest holidays for us. And like Steve said, we get into the job. We know it. People are going to not be happy with us, and we're going to have to work holidays, weekends, and nights. But those can be some of the longest shifts you work and the hardest ones. And somebody ringing a doorbell and saying, 
here, officer, we made you these plate of cookies and we're not convicted felons. You can eat them. <laughs> Thanks. You know, it just goes a long way. An email, a phone call. Just say something nice. Be that light. Be something different, unique that we haven't seen before. You know, too often we get really comfortable with, with, with just knowing that that's there, and we never think about what's, what goes into, you know, having those things there, like, you know, Dave's talking about. And we don't think about all of the hours. We don't think about, you know, the, uh, the, the flashing blue lights that we hope we don't see when we're traveling, you know, during the holidays that, you know, you'll say, oh, there's a cop there. Yeah, that guy's having to sit in that car to keep those streets safe while you travel to go see your relatives, you know, and he's not mm -hmm. with his. A lot of times we don't think about those things. We don't think about sacrifices a lot of times that others make. And I think that part of loving people is being aware and being thankful, always having a thankful heart and being aware of sacrifices that other people make. Not that every time we see a police officer, you know, we always have to feel obligated to say something, but, you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> But, no. but, the, but, but, I mean, because that's not realistic. But at the same time that in our hearts we still remain grateful and we just don't assume that someone else is going to do that. Because a lot of times we miss thanking someone or letting someone know, hey, I appreciate, even here in our church when that person's holding the door for you or the person shoveling snow this morning or the person that's serving you coffee and donuts. A lot of times we, we, we get comfortable and we enter into this sense of entitlement where we feel like, you know, we, we have these things because we're so special. Folks, let me tell you, it's not because we're so special. It's not even because we're so special that we have Christ. It's because he loved us and he's so special that he loved us that much. It's not because of anything I've done, right? I, I can't earn that salvation. I can't be good enough for Christ, you know. It's, it's because of his love for me and it's because of others' love and their passion and their calling and their commitment to what they do that they give and they serve. And that's why we do what we do. And so when we see those people in those positions doing those things, whether it's at church, whether it's out on the street and you run into someone that's, you know, local law enforcement or someone at the fire department or whatever the case may be, that you do let them know that you appreciate them and that, you know, you take time out of your day to stop and say hi and tell them thank you or send those emails, things like that. I'll tell you what, this whole thing... All of the junk that people deal with, all, all of the, the loneliness, the hurt, the pain, all of this stuff would really start to begin to wash away if we would just learn to appreciate and recognize and love on each other. You know that? And so it's our job as Christians to lead the way in those things. And I think we should be the ones leading the way with thanking our police officers and loving on our police department, letting them know, hey, guys, we appreciate what you do, and we want to honor that. So, you know, I think that's really, uh, that kind of answers the, the next question I was going to ask, which is, you know, what do you see as the church's role in our community? You know, I mean, maybe there's something else that would fall under that. I mean, how do we show our area in your view you guys view of, of that we mean what we say just lead you know talk about being a light you talk about you've got the police officers here so it's easy to say thank a police officer but like i said fire ems how about the nursery worker right now have you ever worked in there <laughs> i bet they would amen that right i'll, now I'll take a five that. car pile up in the rain and a 30 before i go back in there i helped them you know a kid got sick once i'm like oh my god there's so many of them you know get me out of here and i got five kids in my family but um the ushers, kind of like ushering too absolutely the um putting the uh the pamphlets together just in your own church in your own job i worked as a waiter and a dishwasher growing up you know what goes on behind the closed doors at a restaurant and it said this food isn't my beans are too 
whatever, and they send it back. And they, don't, they have no idea what, when, what's going on. We're so quick to be critical. We're so quick to complain about everything. Why is it so easy for us as human beings to accept something bad about somebody? You'll hear something like, oh, Bob Smith, he's a great guy. And you're like, oh, I've heard a couple people say that. I need at least 30 more people to say he's a good guy before I might think he's a good guy. But if one person tells you, I heard that Bob Smith said this or did this, and it's negative, instantly we believe it. Yeah. Why is that? Why can't we change that around? Why shouldn't it take 30 people for you to say, I wonder if that is true? And don't believe what you read in the newspaper. Don't. And if you're a journalist here, we'll talk afterwards, and I'll give you examples of why I don't believe what I'm doing. <laughs> There's That's always Chief more Dave to the story. Chief Dave Funkhauser yeah. from Kiel Police yeah, yeah. Department. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's always more to the story. And, it, and if a journalist is true, he'll, he'll, he or she will support that. Um, yeah, we'll get off that topic quick. I'm, I'm beeping sound of a truck. I'm backing out of that one. Go ahead there, Chief Rivel. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, I think that... Uh, that's you just lead by example, and um, it's kind of interesting when you were talking about not just EMS or law enforcement. Uh, Thanksgiving, my wife and I and my family had to travel a rather great distance on that morning to get to where we were going, where 20 some people were going to be the typical Thanksgiving dinner. And obviously, halfway through the five hour drive, we had to get gas, so um, I stopped and I actually thanked the gal who was working as a clerk in, in the gas station, and and uh. She's like, boy, you're the first person who ever said that. And I'm like, well, if you weren't here, I wouldn't be going because there wouldn't be any gas yeah, to, right. you know, to get. And, of course, my daughter, who's a teenager, was, well, to have those things you just put in a car, and right in the gas thing, you can get without anybody here. I'm like, yeah, 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 I get it. But uh, um, the whole point was, <laughs> the whole point was to, 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 to thank a person and, and uh, be appreciative. And I think that is lacking. I, I think a lot of it is... Um, you've seen a lot less civility and a lot less respect, mutual respect. Yeah. And I used the example before. Dave and I serve on a board of directors together and, uh, with a number of police chiefs uh, in the state of Wisconsin. And uh, we had a meeting on Wednesday. But, and we don't always disagree. I know that's hard to believe, but you know, uh, we don't always disagree. And, uh, but we have that mutual respect, and we, we understand. We try to look at each other's perspective, and I think that's a lot of things that aren't happening, you know. Um, you know, I wasn't always a police officer either. I was in the military, and I had other jobs before that. And, uh, you know, remembering, you know, we were there too, or we, you know, what would that be like? And so that's for everyone. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, is there anything else maybe that um, you guys were wanting to say to the church or anything, just kind of last thoughts here this morning? No, just, uh, I, I'm a member here, so I'm kind of, I really like this church. And he loves being an usher. It's one of his I favorite do. things. I do. Um, but just continue to challenge yourself. You know, pick a mission field. Do something out of your comfort zone. Like um, Pastor said, God didn't promise us in the Bible. There's so many references in the Bible that our lives as Christians are going to be difficult. Um, try challenge yourself. Do something a little different, especially during this, ho this holiday season. You know, it really makes you feel good. Try volunteering at the Salvation Army. Call up the domestic violence shelter. Ask if they have any families that, that aren't going to have Christmas this year. And, 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 and adopt one of their families. You'll never see them. They won't let you see them. You'll never know who they are. But they'll give you a list of things that the mother and the children would like for Christmas. And then you'll just turn over the gifts. But you know what? 
imagine that feeling on Christmas morning when mom is able to give those, those kids and their, and, and a presence because they've completely uprooted their own lives and moved somewhere else. Uh, shovel a neighbor's driveway. Do those shovel things. your pastor's driveway. Yeah. God will bless you for that. Shovel them in. <laughs> <laughs> and we joked this morning, too, if you're going to drive really fast and you're going to tailgate other cars and you're going to slam on people or you know, yell at people in parking lockets, take the Christian fish thing off your car. Take your work <laughs> grace sticker off your car. Yeah. <laughs> because you see that all the time. It's like, what? Really? <laughs> Going with God. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess the, what I can add to this is I, I want to thank you as a church community um, in Sheboygan Falls. Uh, we've had a long history um, before the pastor was here, but he's carried it on and of a great relationship. And, and, uh, and I'll say that, you know, there's certain, um, and I'm not going to mention any particular ones, but there's certain businesses in Sheboygan Falls and there's certain people in Sheboygan Falls and there's certain churches in Sheboygan Falls that not only tell you they support you, but actually do. Yeah. And in word and thought. Yeah. And, and that's important. And, and you guys do. I mean, this church has been great. We love working um, as community partners. And we know we can't do it all. Enforcement's not. Law enforcement can't solve everything. There's no magic pixie dust or whatever no. you said. And, um, it, but we really appreciate that. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for having me here today. I enjoyed this. I, uh, I, would, I love... Uh, interacting, and especially in this kind of form. It's a unique, it's a unique uh, uh, situation to be in and, and talk to people or talk uh, about certain things that affect us all. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys both for coming. Just to wrap this up this morning, you know, we, we've been talking about basic clarity equaling a profound impact. And I want to encourage us this morning and challenge us as a church to go out and to have an impact on this world for, God, for God's kingdom. Because Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Too many times we go out seeking things, seeking relationships, looking for something to make us happy, looking for something to make us fulfilled. But let me tell you, folks, if we make what God says is important the main thing, if we make the main thing the main thing, and we clarify that, and we focus on that, and align ourselves with it, and we move forward with that, then God is going to take care of the rest. Here's basically what that's saying. If we concern ourselves with what concerns God, then he's going to take care of us because this is about building his kingdom and moving his kingdom forward, not about us building ours. Amen, somebody? So let's pursue God. Let's learn how to love him more because as we do, it will help influence us to love people more. And then as our love for people grows, we'll understand what it truly means to serve and give. So we're going to serve our police chiefs this morning um, by praying for them. So would you just stand with me this morning? And let's just, would you just stretch forth your hand just as a sign of agreement? And uh, also, chiefs, before we pray, we have something for you. I didn't do this in the first service because I thought it'd be cheesy to give it to you two times. And uh, we have these big, huge, humongous cards that, uh, oh, that, that cool. our church has signed as a thank you with all these little thank you, uh, thank you notes there in there. Um, this one is for you, Chief Riffle, and for the Sheboygan Falls Police Department. And this one is for you, uh, Dave, and for your police department. We appreciate That's awesome. that. Thank, Thank you, you very much. So if you would, just stretch forth your hands. Let's, let's just agree together and let's pray. God, I thank you so much for these men. Thank you for their leadership. Thank you for their answering the call. 
the call to serve, the call to be men who will step up and sacrifice and give and serve, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's difficult, even when it's not convenient. I thank you, God. I pray protection over both of their departments, God. I pray protection over our police officers during this holiday season, God, with all the things that they have to deal with. And I pray you give them wisdom and discernment to be able to know where they need to go and not go and how they need to proceed and help them, Lord, to grow in their compassion and their love for other people as we understand your compassion and love for us. Thank you for good godly men being in these leadership positions, Father. Pray you bless their families, that you protect their families, that you help them to have good quality time together, Father, even though their job can be very demanding hours. I pray, Father, that there's always that special time for them and their wives and them and their children. I thank you, God, that you will just bless them as they move forward. Thank you for what they do. We honor them today, God. You said to give honor to whom honor is due. And so, Father, we want to honor these men. And thank you, Father, for the many lives that they represent and the communities that they serve and for the job that they do. Bless them, Father. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give them a hand and tell them thank you for being with us today?